Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Hostess with the mostest, Sophia Renea Morales, and today we are here with Rami Bueller, and she is going to discuss with me, Consciously Caring, what animals really need from their humans, because she is an animal intuitive. Dr. Doolittle, if you will. (laughs) Uh, Before we swing into that, though, I would like to invite you to get to know yourself and your own unique spiritual giftedness firsthand. A lot of times it's easy for us to wander through the world and go, oh, if only I could talk to animals like Rami. Uh, And the truth of the matter is we only need one Rami, but we also need you in your true giftedness. And so I created this superpower quiz. It's what is your number one spiritual superpower to allow you to see your own specialness through the lens of someone else. And so you can go to superpowerquiz.us to take that 60 second quiz and get to know yourself a little bit better. And hopefully really focus in on your own specialness because that's what we need in the world. So uh, one other announcement, I have some really exciting stuff coming up. So I want you to Stay tuned for a sneak peek on that in the coming weeks. I will just uh, use three words, past life regression. And so stay tuned for more on that. And now I will introduce our guest, Rami. Rami Bueller is passionate about animal welfare and is driven to change the perceptions around how we can communicate with them so they can be better understood and more consciously cared for. When you are able to see animals from a higher perspective, you're able to support them in the way that they need, not the way we think they need. As you begin to see the truth behind their behaviors, psychological and physical problems. She works globally, but lives on the East Coast of Australia as an animal communicator, intuitive investigator, medical intuitive and animal energy healer. Rami also runs online and in-person annual trainings in or annual animal communication not annual i think she does it more often than that <laughs> and intuitive development she is also the tv host of the web tv program the animals television show a show designed to be educational inspiring and entertaining to help the welfare of all animals domestic and wild welcome rami i'm so happy to have you here on sovereign self Ah, thank you, Zafia. I'm actually very excited to be here today. It's an honor. Ah, (laughs) I love that. I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps. This is good affirmation that we are in the right place and talking about the right thing. So tell us a little bit about who you were before you really started to move into your, shall I say, more soul led aspect of your life as an animal communicator and an intuitive investigator and all of that. Yes. Um, I guess from a, just a general work perspective, um, most of my life was spent working in male dominated industries around 
um, construction and engineering and logistics and operations and things like that. And I absolutely loved that because I I um, resonate very much with that kind of the male world and the male energy and how <laughs> they kind of tick. Um, so I really enjoyed that, but it was never about the job. It was always about the the open door for them to come and talk to me about their problems or whatever's going on for them. It might even just be, I'm going on a diet and I need to lose 30 kilos or something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was very much working with the people. I've always been intuitive, so but perhaps less aware of what that actually meant for me when I was in that sort of industry, um, for a part of it anyway. And back when I was 17, mum and I went to a massage course and I think that was probably the beginnings of just touching into, that's not an alternative um, kind of area, if you like, but it, it kind yeah, of touched me into that complementary. It depends on how you approach it, right? <laughs> yeah, as 17 and very sporty and, you know, I played a lot of uh, high-level sport um, at, from a child onwards and, and so I was very interested in the human body. So massage for me at that time was just a progression of um, understanding the human body and how it moved and and fixing sporting injuries and problems and things like that. So I think I started to get really interested um, in just other things that were less mainstream back then. And when I was 19, I moved from Western Australia to Sydney and I, I got a job there very quickly for a company that was um, they were a vitamin manufacturer and they had a, a natural therapies college, which was oh. one of the first in Australia. And the fellow that um, owned that company was just an amazing man. And, and that was a real turning point for me, actually. If I look at turning points in my life, that was the first one yeah. um, as a sort of a young adult. And, you know, as a 19-year-old, you sort of don't take on <laughs> the value um, and the opportunity that I was that I was shown then, but it certainly changed my thought processes and sent me off into um, you know studying natural nutrition and sports injury management. And um, I started iridology because I found that fascinating and oh, and that type of thing. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I he was an iridologist and amongst ma many things. And as staff, we would get sort of free consults whenever we wanted them. And it's like, how do you do that? I don't get it, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, I've read about it a couple of different places, but I've never run into anybody who actually does it. And so thank you, Rami, for showing up and arriving in my life as someone who actually does that. <laughs> yes. Well, I never finished it because I, you know, I like to fast track sometimes. And I started studying iridology without having an anatomy and physiology background. Ah. So I thought, you know, this is just interesting information. It's actually not going to help me. <laughs> so I had to kind of go and do a little bit more on anatomy and physiology. And I never got back to iridology outside of going to see someone for, you know, whatever health issues that I had going on. Um, so that was kind of where I was at. I, I, I studied um, various forms of yoga teaching and meditation. And I think that was perhaps the real beginning into the intuitive consciously um, being intuitive and asking for help and to, you know, I would start a yoga class with a meditation and I would, I would ask, 
you know, if there's anyone in this class that needs something from me today or the whole room, please help me deliver that information or whatever it is, that position, that pose that will open up that part of themselves um, that can help them move forward in their life. And and so I was always very much um, channeling a lot of those classes. I'd come out of there and I'd go, wow, that was really good. Who was that? It wasn't was it came that? out of Who my did mouth. That? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That was good information, but oh, it didn't come from me. <laughs> I love that. And I I love that you're bringing that intuition intuitive openness into it even if you haven't what I want to say completely identified it as that. Yes. Yeah, and I you know, I didn't I really didn't understand intuition and how it works so I was just kind of messing around I guess I was just asking and whatever happened happened which sometimes I think is good because when you do understand it then you're kind of expecting or wanting more from it than you yeah. than you received because you're just like well I know that it works this way so I want this information in this way exactly Where when the, you don't know the you conscious just... mind gets in there and wants to yeah set yes. outcomes or expectations and that kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. I uh, I started um, getting very interested in energy medicine as well. Um, back when I was working with uh, with those sort of male industries, and so I was studying a lot of energy medicine. Chinese medicine has always interested me. The emotional body has always interested me, and so and where emotion is stored in the body, and and what it means, and how can you sort of um, clear that and remove it and and shiny yourself up like a nice new diamond yeah and oh, so <laughs> I love I love that you took on the sparkle analogy that's one of my favorite ones uh, on what well, kind of goes with your background doesn't it it's very yes. sparkly absolutely sparkle is my favorite color can you tell yeah I love it and blue <laughs> oh yes yes makes me want to sing <laughs> I won't though <laughs> Um, so, so I went off and I was studying these things and I, you know, I would talk to the people at work and say, hey, do you guys want to um, do an, a, an energy medicine seminar I, I can help you with, you know, and I'd make it really um, mainstream. I'd talk about, you know, headaches and better sleeping and, and those types of things. Yeah. And it was amazing. Like I would have people say, oh, I've got to go to footy training. Can you do it again? I'm not going to be able to make it. And and I, you know, I had sort of 15 people and, and 14 men and one lady, and they just drank it in. And, and isn't I just that interesting? It. Because most energy workers out there have the reverse. It's going to be 14 women and one poor, lonely guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, at the outside. <laughs> I know. And, and that was really, that was really nourishing for me. And while I'm not really doing anything much along those lines now, uh, it's still a little out there. It's like it's something that I really, um, you know, I would really like to keep doing some work with men in some format as it comes in, if that's available. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and sharing it out to the universe, like opens that door for it to arrive as well. So I'm, I'm honored that you shared that out into the world on my little podcast here, <laughs> radio show. So um, question for you, though. Okay, if you look back into your childhood, okay, there seems to be kind of two flavors of intuitives. We have the ones who 
were born turned on and continue to remain turned on. And then we have the ones who shut all the stuff down because it was unsafe. Do yeah. You resonate with either of those? I do. And, you know, of course, looking back on things, you can see different aspects of that. But certainly um, I was brought up in the country and I, when I was born, we had cats and dogs and kangaroos and sheep and we had a donkey at one point we had chickens so I was surrounded by animals all of the time until now I've still got cats and dogs uh, in my life now so um, dogs particularly were my confidant you know if there's something going on for me I would grab a dog and I'd pull him into my armpit and, and tell him all my problems which is not what you should be doing but you know <laughs> Well, you know, kids yeah. do all kinds of things that perhaps you ought not do to animals, but they seem to be okay with it. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> we right. We know they're... that you don't know. <laughs> that's right. And and uh, they're okay with it, <laughs> especially as a kid. They make allowances for our ignorance sometimes. But, um, you know, I did have a lot. I had a lot of animals around me and I absolutely adored them. And I don't remember communicating with them in the true way of animal communication. And, you know, there's childhood things that came up for me um, that locked down a lot of my senses um, until I was in my 30s. I think I'm sort of in my 50s now. But uh, so for quite some time, and I know this happens with a lot of people, it's sort of like 40 things start to yes. unravel after you do some <laughs> healing and all that sort of thing. So but looking back, you know, one part of my childhood was about finding missing things. And I was, you know, knee high to a grasshopper when I'd be climbing up the pantry looking for some missing pens or keys or whatever mum and dad had lost at the time. And I found everything. <sighs> and we are born very strongly with those animal intuition um, senses, that hunch and gut instinct side of us. Well, and so and I, would I know suggest that location is probably part of your gift set because not everyone has that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh and and I love it. Same as working with men, I love finding missing things. But just I can't get enough of it. I sit down there and the hours could just while away. 5 days later we go, "How did where where am I? Who am I?" <laughs> <laughs> but so, I yes, found I think, this pile of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who's who is all this belong to? <laughs> <laughs> now I need to find the owner. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think um those that sense of knowing and the sense of feeling that gut instinct was very strong, but I didn't know what that was it was just a right. part of me so but it, but the other sides you know the clairvoyance that clear seeing the hearing more of the feeling side um you know that kind of came later but when i discovered it later i also realized oh i've been doing that for a long time all those visions that i'm having now i've had them before yeah so, so let's let's since you brought that up let's swing into that how did you discover it what you could do later when um oh, it's probably about 12 years ago my husband was diagnosed with a secondary cancer um illness and um he wasn't given a great prognosis and so he bought a bought a gym and a yoga studio 
with the idea that he had 10 to 12 months to live. And, you know, you wouldn't know he was sick if you didn't know him. He's yeah, so... I, I love that that <laughs> affirmation of life. The doctor's giving you 10 to 12 months to live. I'm going to buy a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm going to leave it with my, my wife when I die so she can deal with it. Um, but, you know, that's okay. You know, the glass is half full with him at all times. So... Um, that's what he did, and and he's also very very spiritual himself in his own way. And we had a dog that had anxiety. He was an ex farm dog, and um, you know had whatever childhood he had or puppyhood. And so I thought, while you're dealing with surgery and cancer treatment and all those things, you should go and learn animal communication because Facebook popped it up on my feed. I don't know why and I don't know how, but you know how it works. Facebook knows who you are. And I thought he would be so good at that. He could figure out what's wrong with Kenny and he could solve all those problems. And so I sent him Google links. I sent him, I bought him a DVD. Um, I, I love how it popped up on your feed and your ego went, oh, this is for you, husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. It makes perfect sense, doesn't it? That it was actually for me and not him because I'm just devouring this information. I'm buying books and I'm, you know, doing all this stuff. And he said, oh, you read it, you listen to it, tell me what to do. And he never really showed a whole lot of interest, but that was because it wasn't for him. And I'm I'm just reading this stuff. I, you know, I couldn't get enough of it. And again, Facebook dropped up a an animal communication mentoring program oh. with this lady. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. I don't even know what it means, but I'm going to do that. And so I did. It was just a, a two-hour phone hookup. And she said to me, I'm going to telepathically send you some of my clients and I, wanted, I want you to tell me what you receive. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I have uh -huh. zero idea what this means and this sounds like a test and I'm just about to fail it. And I don't <laughs> that, know. This does yeah. not feel good. And I'm going to pause you right here because yeah, <laughs> we da, are da. actually coming up on our first break. Okay. And so what I would love to invite you to do, everyone out there who's joined us today in listener land, grab your pen, grab your piece of paper. And I would invite you to cast your mind back to your very, very earliest days that you can remember being embodied here on this planet. And remember some of the things that you really naturally, spontaneously did when you were a little child. And it can range the whole gamut from Rami's example of finding all the lost keys and pens and, <laughs> and that uh, to, you know, being able to give people messages or, or see crossed over dead people or the imaginary friend, whatever, whatever it was, I would love for you to capture that in acknowledgement on your piece of paper and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. 
Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee Morales, and I am still here with the amazing and wonderful Rami Bueller. And before the break, she was telling us how she got into the world of animal communication, uh, starting with uh, the idea that her husband should be doing this. (laughs) (laughs) And then she found her way into an animal communicator mentorship where she was about to be tested. I'm sending you telepathically a bunch of my clients. Tell me what you get. So take it from there, Rami. Yes. So um, I was mini panicking inside my chest thinking, I have no idea what this means and how it's going to look. And so I just sat there um, in a bit of a mini panic (laughs) and, um, And then all of a sudden, so this lady was sending through people as well as animals. And so she started with one person and all she said to me was, I'm going to send you this um, gentleman. His name is Ray. That's all. That's all I got. And I'm sitting there like a a stunned mullet thinking, oh, my goodness, I don't know what's going to do. I don't know what's going to happen here. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing this red swirl around my throat and it felt like um, like a thick. It felt like blood, actually. And I thought it was blood, and it was it was quite thick and um, sticky. And I said to her, "Oh, um, this young man is forty two. He's a surfer. 
He was dressed in a wetsuit with a uh, with his wetsuit down to his waist and a surfboard under his arm. Um, he's got sandy blonde hair. He lives on the Gold Coast in Australia, and uh, I see blood around his throat, maybe cancer, and that's because it was the only thing that came to me at the time. My brain in- interjected there, um, and that's what I see. And she said, what does he need from you? And I said, I saw this um, in script font in front of me in my inner vision, the word love. And I said, I think he just needs a big hug. And she said, yes, his name's Ray. He's 42. He's a surfer. He's from the Gold Coast. And he does need love. He's had a lot of physical healing, but now he just needs a lot of emotional healing. And he was coming back from a nightclub or a pub with some friends one night three years beforehand and he got stabbed through the back of the neck. <gasps> so from the back of the neck through the throat um, to the a, top of the sternum. That's a serious stabbing right there. Yes. Yeah, very much. So, oh, I felt a little bit confident then. I thought, oh, gee, that, that's good. Check, I have check, no check, idea. Check, check, Yeah, that one went well. What else yeah. you got? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, bring it on. And so the next one she gave me was a cat. And um, and I can't remember much about the story of the cat that I saw, but I was a little confused with this one. And this is where uh, actually doing some training in how it looks for you is very helpful. But I, I was seeing this cat, but they were sort of different. They looked similar, but the information felt different and it looked different and it came out different. And I said to her, I'm getting confused with this one, but, um, you know, this is, this is what's going on with the cat, doesn't like the boyfriend of the lady and et cetera. And what had happened with that was there was a living cat and then the past mother of that cat who looked oh, very similar okay. was coming through at the same time. And I didn't know that one had died or one was in spirit and the that, one was alive. I didn't know. Confusing, yeah, especially if they're projecting themselves very similarly. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was interesting and I felt quite confused by that, but it made sense of course when she when she mentioned it. So, you know, this kind of went on and um and I did really well with it and she said, "Okay, you're very advanced. I don't see people like myself very often. Get yourself a Facebook page, start a business and get cracking." And go, so go I, out and do this. Yeah, <laughs> I have nothing I need to teach you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was pretty much it. We hung up the phone and off I went and I haven't stopped. That yeah. was, I don't know, nine years ago, nearly nine to 10 years ago. That is absolutely fabulous. And I find it's kind of that way with the things you're intended to be here to do. It's almost like you need to run into the right people to help you remember what it is you're here to do. And yes. once that happens, it's like learning curve. There's no learning curve. I'm I'm like a duck in water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. That is awesome. So you've been doing this for a while now. How long did you say? Uh, it'd be a bit over nine years. Nine years. Professionally, you know, where I actually know what I'm looking at <laughs> yeah exactly so i i know from my work with people i don't directly do animals typically um i've noticed certain patterns and things that are are common amongst people uh what do you notice amongst the animals are there particular 
problems that they have? Do they have emotional and mental health issues the way humans do? Or are they kind of okay? <laughs> yes, I think, do I think tell. a lot of, a lot of people would like to think to know. <laughs> yeah, what do we know? Um, the common things that I see in no particular order are digestive issues. Probably it is a particular order because I'd say nutrition is number one with cats and dogs. Cats, dogs, horses are my three main animals that I communicate with. Um, and all of them, horses less so, but cats and dogs have digestive issues oh, 98% of the time. I can't say 100% because there are, you know, there's never 100% yeah. is there. And there are people out there that are really feeding them well, but um, yeah, digestive well, problems. And I, I ran into that with our girl We adopted her when she was about six months and she's had digestive issues pancreatic insufficiency that kind of stuff from the get-go and it took a while to figure out what it was and get it sorted so yeah I'm not surprised by that and i i have a sneaking suspicion but you probably know better than i do that it has to do with this kibble we keep trying to feed them <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on dry food uh yes <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's the same as humans, isn't it? We know that if we eat really, really fresh and, you know, no processed and as much raw as we can and, you know, we drink a lot of water and do all those good things, exercise, we feel good. We sleep better. We have our moods are better. Our skin is better. Uh, and it's the same for animals. But the thing is that we don't actually know what we don't know. And there's not a lot of education around. There's a lot available, but we don't, we almost don't even know that we need to be educated in how to look after an animal. So, you know, I have a think back to how I knew I've done everything wrong. I probably could do a few more wrong things, but I've done everything <laughs> wrong as a pet parent. Um, but I learned from mum and dad, where did they learn from? We were in the country. So where did they learn from? There weren't really vets out there that I recall. And then when your animal is sick and you go to the vet, you learn about that problem from that vet. Yes. Or you talk to a friend whose pet is sick and they've done the X, Y, Z. So we're not really educated in a way that we can care for our animals in, in a way that they need, but also understanding what else is available to them. You know, what are the, yes, we have the vet care, but what else is available for anxiety? Because we're talking about what do you see as a common issue in, in animals? I see anxiety more often than I don't yeah. in, in cats, dogs, horses, you know. Yeah, it's our, a our girl thing. came with huge anxiety and I, I don't blame her. I mean, she'd been half starved, abandoned, beaten up all kinds she was in terrible terrible shape when they picked her up off the streets and she didn't want her pack going anywhere without her for quite a long time yeah understandably <laughs> yes yes yeah and that's you know the unfortunate side of um the rescue animals is they have history which is not necessarily that great and mm -hmm. uh, fear you know abandonment all of those things, well, fear is pretty much behind everything. You know, you look at leash aggression and and aggressive dogs, you know, that is fear for the most part. 
So anxiety is a, is a huge issue. With horses, I see a lot of lower lumbar problems, um, mm. which causes a disconnect. Dogs as well, um, a disconnect between the back end of the body and the front end, and it's very, it's very kind of um, discombobulating for them, really. They feel strange. They can't lift and move their tail, which is an extension of their spine, um, their hips, start to get a little bit aggravated. Um, I see issues with the withers, with um, saddles not fitting properly. And you've got- I was going to ask, is it because of the riding? Yeah, it's it's how, you know, there's, there's probably a few different, more many different reasons why that is. But, you know, sometimes how people get on the horse and they lean over and into, into the wither area all of the time, which comes down into the shoulders and the front end. Um, it's the saddles not fitting right. And you you have, especially in, in America, Australia, not so much, but you have weather conditions where you go from minus a gazillion degrees, yeah. um, <laughs> maybe not quite that much, but minus a lot. And, you know, the horse is not moving around so much and they're not being trained. And then they come into nicer conditions Spring and, and their, summer, yeah. <laughs> their body shape is changing, but they've got the same saddle. So, you know, it's that's a tricky one sort of to manage, I guess. But saddle issues with um, the withers and also horses. I don't know that I've spoken to a horse that likes a bit, the, the bit that goes in their mouth. I, um, I could understand that. It does not seem like it would be pleasant at all. No, no. It's that real, you know, it's like the this gagging kind of feeling. And, and the airways closing over and the tongue feeling fat at the back of the throat and that kind of thing. So, you know, I don't see any of them liking bits. And, of course, that causes different problems with swinging their head around and, you know, I see a lot of tension through the, the neck and um, the base of the skull and, down again, down into the shoulders. So those are really common. I see those things a lot. Um, yes, emotional issues. Animals are emotional beings absolutely they they suffer with grief the same as we do mm -hmm. they're better at processing emotions than we are we hold on to things we hold grudges we remember every finer detail from when we were three and a half years old with that <laughs> thing that happened um you consciously know consciously or subconsciously right <laughs> yeah too true yes um so but they grieve when one of their animal friends has passed or rehomed. Um, they grieve when their human person has passed away or, you know, something's happened to them. They get irritated at us. Um, they get irritated at each other. Anxiety, as I mentioned before. Um, and sometimes, which I find really interesting, the same with humans, how the emotions of the mother of a human is dumped down to the fetus yes. in at the second trimester. It's the same with animals. So a lot of anxiety I see or fears or car sickness I had with a little dog not so long ago. The mother, um, if the mother is anxious, then that comes down into the little puppy yeah. fetus sitting well, in the that, womb and then they come out. That epigenetic thing, I mean, it's not limited to just humans, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's right. So that that I guess is some of the some of the most common stuff that I see. Okay, uh, I know 
in us humans, <laughs> mental health takes a like a wide spectrum, and and some of it is about you know dealing with the emotional stuff and processing the things that happens, but some of it is sometimes the brain is just wired differently, uh, and society doesn't deal with that very well. Do do you see some of that with animals as well? Being wired differently, yeah, like in a human things are expressed as like OCD or bipolar, schizophrenia, these sorts of labels get put on these alternate versions of wiring autistic. Do you yes. see that sort of thing with animals as well? Well, you know, I see the human calling their animal something. Oh, this, you know, my dog's got ADHD. Um, or, you know, my cat's on the spectrum or, or whatever the terminology is. Cat, cats are on the spectrum, <laughs> all of them, but that's a different story. <laughs> oh, I love my cats. They are so interesting. Um, but, yeah, they, they're, cats are not dogs. I just want to remind everybody yeah. that doesn't that don't get cats. They are not dogs. Um, so, <laughs> don't expect them to be a dog. It's not going to no, no, no. So, yes, you know, they have very similar diseases to us, the sundowning syndrome, the dementia, Alzheimer's, and and then the response from that is kind of similar to the humans. I haven't met an animal that has autism per se, but it wouldn't surprise me if they had some of that wiring. Yeah, similar to the way that, yeah. that we do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I've got to say, I just, my girl just delights me. I have a, a German shepherd by the name of Mystic, so I'll just oh. share that out there. And she, she's like my lover puppy in attack dog clothing. I mean, she's <laughs> huge. She looks like she would take your face off, and she just thinks the whole world wants to play with her and love and joy and knowing what she's been through and the fact that she can like let that go and just be this radiant being of happy let's play it just puts me in awe every day yeah and if you can really you know drink that in drink in that energy and make that energy your energy how you know how happy and free and at peace can we be? And this is the thing with animals is they, they sort of choose us. So, you know, uh, I had a really interesting experience with a cat very recently and, about choosing us. I want to hear the experience about the cat, but we're up on our break already. And so I would invite everyone out there who's joined us today, grab your pen, grab your piece of paper and spend a little time around the role that animals have played in your life. Did you have one that helped you through a really difficult spot in your life? Do you have an animal companion now that you'd like to be spending more time with? Or one that's perhaps making you absolutely freaking crazy because of this behavior <laughs> they're doing? <laughs> but spend some time and note down the role animals have played in your life and acknowledge that and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
Hey, beautiful soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to the Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm still here with the amazing and wonderful Rami Bueller. And she was going to share with us an example of animals choosing their people. Yes. Uh, Thank you. Um, I had this client recently who had this cat. And I have to tell you the name of the cat because it's, it's great. The cat said that I love the name, but it's very long. And the cat's name is Adara Luna Serafina. Okay. Very (laughs) Um, good. (laughs) And she is a black cat and she's very kind of Egyptian and very um, just exudes this energy of wisdom and regalness. Um, yeah, very yeah. etheric. Anyway, mum had a question to her as to why is she making this noise at nighttime as this really kind of loud and mournful kind of noise in the early hours of the morning. <laughs> Which is the last time mom wants to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know the feeling. Um, and so what this cat was showing me was, uh, and I've seen this before on a fairly regular basis where a cat makes these loud meows at nighttime. And sometimes it's just because they're awake and they're running amok around the house and they want you to be up with them. Sometimes it's when they're not far off passing and they're calling their soul home. Oh, and sure. yeah, and and so this particular cat 
was a little bit uh, along those lines where she was calling her soul back to her body. So what she was doing was she was going up into kitty cat spirit school and she was a <laughs> part of the rainbow bridge a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Over there and up. And, um, and so she was one of the mentors to the teachers. So the teachers, it was like a panel of cats and the image that I'm getting, because I'm very sort of visual, I get an image of the backs of all these cats in chairs sitting at a table. And then these cats in front of them that are ready to come back to earth to do whatever it is they've got to do. And then Adara was the mentor to the teacher, the panel that are deciding where to send these cats. And so the cats had to decide what is it I'm what is it that I'm doing here on earth this time for my person? How am I going to help them grow? What is it that they need to learn this time? That was their first thing. And then where do I want to be on the planet? And so they had to um, discuss all of these things and who am I going to be with? What type of person, male, female, you know, elderly, child, X, Y, Z. And so that's, that's what Adara was doing. Most nights was going off because there's so many cats coming back down to the planet um, and was helping these teachers, you know, do better at their craft um, to designate these cats to their humans when they got down to the planet. And then when the howling started, it's like, okay, you need to come back to your body now. You've done your job. (laughs) And so Adara would have to come back into her physical body and do earthly things. That is so cool. And the reason I'm absolutely dumbfounded by this story is I had an experience when I was in Costa Rica. I was running a retreat and I was in the middle of Uh, guiding an experience and all of a sudden I felt myself being like yanked out of the top of my body I'm like Mm. I don't know what's going on but like I I can't leave right now kind of thing we got everybody to ground and while I was out of my body I had this experience of like my higher self called the rest of my soul back because there was this renegotiation that had to happen um and that's how I discovered my soul job on the other side, which is a part of Akashic Records and I'm part of planning for this life. And so I'm one of these people who sets up these life plans and it's just like you described, there's the council, there's the the person who's planning to to do whatever and they're deciding about parents and where they're going and and the lessons they wanna learn and the whole business. And so it's absolutely, fascinating (laughs) that um that the animals do that exactly the same way it is i found it fascinating as well that's one thing with this job is it's is it's it's fascinating all of the time and i'll be in communication with an animal and i think oh my god that's so interesting and you know because i'm hearing new things all of the time and and i love it yeah, it's absolutely amazing. That is super awesome. Mm. So yeah, no accident that that animal has arrived on your doorstep. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that is how they arrive. Hello, I'm here. Take me in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's you know, it's a it's a great thing to remember that why why do I have this animal? What are they trying to show me or teach me? 
you know yeah. it's a good thing to to throw more awareness on i think it is so i know sometimes animals go missing for a variety of different reasons whether it's fireworks or they got panicked in a move or whatever it happens to be uh is there anything that that you can do to help people in that situation i know you said you're a good finder <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we're not always as successful in finding. Um, it's sometimes it's like a needle in a haystack. Uh, actually, a lot of the time it is, especially when the cats get into tricky little nooks and crannies. One thing with um, with cats, just coming back to cats, because they are different to dogs. Cats will get into the smallest little hidey hole, and they can be anything from a washing machine, a drain pipe. Um, a stormwater drain into a pool filter enclosure into I had one cat in a um, it was either a bird box or a possum box up in a tree oh, wow. in a park okay. yeah like you would never look there and and the cat they had a little hole in the front that he'd got through um, but couldn't get back couldn't out get of back that out hole of, yeah so you know they can just get into the most smallest places and there was a study done with the Queensland University of technology, I think it was them, on how far cats go when they go missing. And indoor cats, they came up with, they they are an average of two to three house radius from their home. Outdoor cats who tend to roam more are a 17 house radius. Oh. So when you're looking for your cat, uh, they're not usually far from home unless they've been stolen or they've got into a boat, which I've had before, and a car, uh, and they've been driven somewhere, which is usually inadvertent. Uh, animals will go missing because they don't like the circumstances in their house and they want to change things. So they won't be found most of the time because they don't want to be. Yeah, the um, ones that leave for that reason. Yeah, no, mm -mm, I'm not, yeah. not coming out when you walk by. No. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, you know, it's very hard for the the, the person to swallow that information because they can't understand why their animal would not want to be with them. And as we were talking about before, with the purpose of the, the animals, sometimes they are here to do a particular job with that family or that person for only a period of time and then they are to go to someone else. So, you know, they will go missing for that reason and, again, they won't be found. But, you know, with cats, go to your neighbour's and you search in all of their nooks and crannies. Don't leave a flyer in the mailbox because I see this all the time. Yeah, I left a flyer there or I pushed a flyer under the door that Mitzi was missing. So your neighbour does have has zero interest in your cat and looking for them unless you're yeah. best friends or family. Um, you look for them. Cats also, they won't call out. You know, they are, if they're going to be a predator, or, you know, if they're, they're um, sorry, if they're going to be a prey animal, someone's going to find them like a dog yeah. or an, whatever, wherever they are, they won't make a noise yeah, they're to going conceal to be themselves. Silent as yeah. possible. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, look for your cats every possible where near your house to start with and then move out. The other thing that you can do, and I know when animals are missing and when it's yours, you're in a bit of a crisis mode. So it's not easy to do, but you can practice it now leading up to a potential um, problem. Yeah. 
is to what the shamanic world calls shape-shifting, but you actually merge your energy with your animal. So you become their eyes, their nose, their ears, their taste, their feelings, all of those senses. So you can just intend and imagine that you're merging with your, with your cat or your dog and you become them. So you're seeing from their peripheral vision, from their height off the ground and all of those things and hearing through their ears, feel under their feet, what surface am I on? Is it sand? Is it wet? Is it leaves? Is it a container? Is it metal? How, how much can I walk around in the space that I'm in? Oh, I can't, I can't turn a circle. Okay. So you're sort of feeling where they are. What do I see through my eyes? It's pitch black. Okay. What does it look like during the day? What does it look like during the night? All right. During the day, there's some light off in front of me. So there's some light coming into that space. So, you know, you can practice doing these things now because sometimes you just want to know where your cat is or your dog is. So, yeah. and it's fun to play around with. Oh, the cat's outside on the, on the bricks at the front of the house and you can go out and have a look and, oh, no, they're not there. All right, we'll try again or they're there and really practice that. And so if it does happen or if it happens to a friend of yours, you can kind of help them tune yeah. into their cat or dog and feel on their behalf. Yeah, I had a, um, I used to do uh, second Saturdays and so it was like this spiritual experience that we would have together and one day one of the ladies who was in the circle uh brought that her neighbor had lost a bird and it was a fancy parrot kind of bird and she would really like to have it back and it was not was not used to being out of doors and um it, it was not easy to track down that bird <laughs> no and birds are difficult because they fly most of the time yeah and they, they'll go a lot farther than just a couple of houses. Yeah. 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 Birds are very tricky. Yeah. We discovered that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find them? Uh, we never found the bird per se. We figured out that the bird had been captured right. by someone. Yeah. And it was someone who didn't, I think, really understand much about birds and what birds need. Mm. And um, yeah, but the, they never did find, the bird did not get reunited with its original owner. Yeah. No. So it was kind of sad, but the, the bird was okay. It just didn't have the ability to come home. Yeah. Yes, I had a bird recently too that um, is a sulfur-crested cockatoo, which is a white bird with a yellow with crest. Yellow, beautiful, yeah. yeah, beautiful Australian native bird. And, um, you know, they're wild birds. And this lady had had this bird for four years, I think it was, and and she had got him from another man who had passed away and um, or something had happened to they, him. They live a long time. Yes, yes, very long time. And he just disappeared out of the backyard one day and and he'd actually gone back to wild bird life and he'd oh. had enough of he, – he actually didn't want to be a pet. He'd been with this man for a long time. So he was he was a pet for a long time, I guess, but he actually didn't want to do that. He wanted to be with his community – and he wanted to do wild bird things, eat from that tree and, you know, fly to wherever and not be in a cage. And and she loved that. And that's what I really liked was she fully appreciated 
that he was um, wanting to be wild because she wanted him to be wild too. But because he'd been in captive for for so long, yeah. Well, we've got 30 seconds left. Everyone, thank you so much to Rami for joining us here today. It's amazing as always to talk to you. And thank you to everyone who dialed in today to the show. You are what makes this show possible. We do this show for you. I would love to hear from you. Drop me a quick line at askzofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here.